1: or do something a little more
2: epic,
1: and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
3: Live, alert, and ready to go. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's happening? Bill Ryder with you. D-Cell in New York. We're in great mood. I'm in a great mood for a Monday. Maybe it's because NFL miracles and grown men crying provide a lot of fodder for some sports talk radio. We've got a lot to get into. As always, I'm in L.A., d in New York, we're coast to coast, and together, combined as a, as a radio family, as d likes to say, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can... Joe Theismann's on the show today, our buddy, longtime former NFL player, quarterback, Commanders analyst. Very excited to get his take on that Packers comeback, on Derek Carr being brought to tears on a Sunday by Jeff Saturday's Colts. What we saw in Munich. And not just the game of the week, which we'll start with here in a few minutes, but the game of the year, Vikings, Bills, among other things. Pretty pumped. Uh, We will find the time to give Joel Embiid the credit he deserves for a historic night, almost 60 points, and a bunch of other statistical greatness. Maybe we'll do that in buy or sell. The segment DCell refers to is the only one that matters because I run it. It's a direct quote at CBS. Good morning, Tommy. You good, buddy? Good morning, Bill. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Good weekend. Anything exciting happen with the family? Did you go to Wakanda forever?
4: Uh, No, no. It was more of a laid-back weekend. Enjoyed a lot of football.
3: I watched, we let my son watch Bullet Train this weekend. Excellent film. Definitely not a very good parent. Um, Commanders at Eagles tonight. Big game. Big game. Can't wait. Eagles trying to go to to them at 9 and 0. Let's go Philly. It's all Philly all the time. If you want to call us 855-212-4CBS Twitter Sports Rider Sports REITER, sometimes the world will shock you. Things will happen that before it happened, you thought wasn't possible. After it happened, everything you understand about the universe changes. I mean, I'm being serious. I can remember Amy Van Dyken actually multi-time Olympic gold medalist swimmer for our country introduced me to Uber eight years ago and I thought we're gonna get into a stranger's car. That was pre that moment. Once we got where we were going, I'm not I'm being serious, Diesel. My whole life changed. I'm too young to have been alive for and therefore not remember the Loon Man the, the Loon Manding? Ah, Mondays. The Moon <laughs> Landing. Or to pronounce it properly. But as I understand it, for an entire country, you know, the world to sit wrapped and watch human beings land on the moon changed absolutely everything. Uh, Let me take you back to 1994, Dubuque, Iowa, Toyota Tercel, 1986 Toyota Tercel. When I got that driver's license, and I knew it was coming, but when they handed it to me, and I thought, what a bunch of idiots, and I think that even more today, the world was different. What I thought was impossible was suddenly real. And into that category... I will place Kirk Cousins winning a massive football game under massive pressure. I can't believe the Vikings won that football game yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. I can't believe that Minnesota is arguably the best team in the National Football League. I can't believe after the, what, 27-23, no, 30-27 overtime thriller... That Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of an absolutely incredible game. Actually, 33-30. It's Monday. I can't even say moon landing. Get off my back, world. I can't believe it. But it's true. We landed on the moon. We get in strangers' cars to take us places. I was driving around Dubuque, Iowa at 16, and Kirk Cousins is the man. I don't want that. Let's not get into the context of the luck factor or the fact that Cousins... Seemed to shrivel and try to turn into a pumpkin, but his team was like, no, let's still be a carriage and get us where we're going. Don't worry about any of that. What an amazing performance by that Vikings team, and what an incredible football game. There's so much to to unpack here, and if you didn't see it, A, it's worth watching, but B, there was a critical play. At the end of the game, and and I will say this about my sudden newfound love for for Kirk Cousins. My comparing him accurately, with no hyperbole, to what he accomplished is similar to to the space race and getting us to the moon before the Russians. I had money on the Vikings to cover. And I love you. I've always loved you, Kirk Cousins. I was screaming at my television and at myself, Why are you betting on Kirk Cousins, you idiot? And at 4th and 18, toward the end of the game, f- f- with Vikings with the ball down, it sure didn't look super great for the Vikings. I had him actually on the money line. And Kirk Cousins under... It's okay, Kirk. Hey, man, I can't pronounce moon landing, but I think this segment's going okay. Kirk Cousins under-throws the ball, throws the ball to Justin Jefferson. The game is on the line, and, and I'm going to have diesel weigh-in, which you don't usually do in the open, but... In the moment, I thought, just pure catch. Justin Jefferson goes up, grabs the ball, he's basically being tackled, he falls onto a defender, and somehow with one arm, he brings the ball down, protects it from the ground an incomplete pass, and brings it in. And I thought, just regardless of the context, that's one of the best catches I've ever seen in my entire life. Decent on further review haven't had the time to think about it, haven't had the time to wake up and read every single newsletter and website's analysis. Am I crazy to think that's the best catch in NFL history?
4: That is definitely better than the OBJ catch. Uh, It's got to be five, six, seven years ago right now with the New York Giants.
3: I was actually holding
4: my son live when this play happened. I almost dropped him. Don't do that. That's how much of a reaction because uh, fourth and eighteen with Kirk Cousins, you don't think that they're going anywhere. That any play of any no, that's, significance that's is going to
3: happen. Fourth and eighteen with Kirk Cousins. When you should, you know, when you have a game on the line, is basically the Kirk Cousins story. Oh, so close. I do think the helmet catch with Eli and the Giants, in terms of pure impact and outcome, incredible, incredible performance, and it, it led to just a bizarre series of events that I think highlight a deeper problem for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not taking anything away from the Vikings. Incredible game. I'm not taking anything away from Kirk Cousins. Outcomes the outcome. And I'm trying to hold on as a Bears fan to some optimism with Justin Fields and how well he's playing right now. And he still had a pick six that basically cost him the game and the cover to the Lions. Like, it's outcome-based. It's outcome-based. But you had Kirk Cousins at the end of the game not really able to ensure victory. Then you have Josh Allen with that fumble. Then you've got sort of a bizarre end to regulation and overtime, and with Josh Allen eventually Vikings score a field goal because Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Oh, I almost say that. I'm sorry. Kirk Cousins did the best that he could. It's all about Kirk Cousins. They get up three. Remember that means Buffalo in overtime gets the ball back, touchdown. They win the game, and Josh Allen turns the ball over. The Vikings were fabulous in that football game. We're not going to make excuses for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. We're not going to put an asterisk next to this game because Josh Allen may or may not have been hurt. Watching some of that game and the, what, was it three turnovers that that Allen had over the course of the game, I would be lying if at every juncture I didn't think about Justin Herbert and the way in which a talented quarterback playing through pain when maybe he shouldn't can be problematic. But you got to play the opponents who are in front of you when they're in front of you. Nothing but credit to the Minnesota Vikings. If they're not the best team in the National Football League, and we'll give that tomorrow on Power Rankings in a segment in which the entire NFL world literally holds its breath, literally. So, like, I have to do it quickly because people start to, you know, have trouble with with the breathing when they're holding. Roger Goodell sent some notes. Do it quicker, man. I'm so excited. He's not holding his baby the way that Cell is, but he almost drops stuff all the time. My point is, they're up there, and they're in the conversation. Congratulations to the Vikings. It it does, though, and I saw our, our guy Ty Dunn get into some details if you want to follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn, it, it does underscore what for Josh Allen has become a, a, a little bit of a disconcer- disconcerting regression of the mean. And, and not just in this game where maybe he was or wasn't injured. He has become a bit of a red zone liability, and again, those things can be statistical anomalies. We saw last week Aaron Rodgers be awful in the red zone, and then be Aaron Rodgers again at the end of the game against the Cowboys, which we'll hear later in the show, But Josh Allen has a lot of interceptions he's thrown this year. He has not been a sure thing in the red zone, something that was the case, his ability to throw the ball combined with his athleticism and his speed. And and you suddenly have a Buffalo team that looks really good but absolutely far from a sure thing. They do not run the ball particularly effectively. And if you combine that, and and maybe I'm confusing the cause and the effect, but if you don't run the ball very well, And your quarterback struggles in the red zone. And again, those things can correlate. A lack of a run game can make it difficult to score in the red zone. Though we've seen Patrick Mahomes be able to figure that out. But whatever the reason, if you're the Buffalo Bills and you can't close out games and you turn the ball over in big moments, and even if it's a freak of a play by Justin Jefferson, your defense gives up huge plays and you're not able to execute at the consistency that a would-be Super Bowl champion has to in the red zone, no matter what your record is, I'm not overreacting to one game because the Vikings are a great football team, it turns out, and so to lose to a great football team is what it is, but Buffalo has some flaws. And they reinforce for me how wide open the entire NFL is, and not just in the NFC, which we've talked about a lot. This notion and idea that it's Buffalo and it's the Chiefs and everybody else turned out not to be true. Look, we'll get into all this stuff over the course of the show, but if you missed it, because it was a pretty jam-packed weekend, it was a great NFL weekend, Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins, like we told you, are really, really good. When Tua is out there, another really good performance from the young quarterback from Miami, when Tua is out there, the Dolphins are really good. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the National Football League. And as crowded as the NFC is, the Vikings probably deserve to be regarded if not the cream of the crop, because the Eagles are still undefeated they haven't played, I think, the same level of competition, they're still one of those teams that are in the mix. So credit to Kirk Cousins, right? You got the moon landing. You got the first time you get your driver's license. You got the first time you get in a ride-sharing app. I got to tell you, the first time I flew in an airplane, I wasn't, oh, like that I was maybe 14, amazing. And scared the holy hell out of me. To be honest, trusting Kirk Cousins and flying for the first time, very, very similar. It's thrilling but I'm worried we're going to crash. We didn't in the airplane. Not sure that's the case with Kirk Cousins, but you know what? Let's be positive today. Let's just lean into lean into Kirk Cousins. All right. Congratulations to the Vikings. By the way, Stephon Diggs also had like a crazy catch in that game that looked like it was going to be the, the best catch of the game. If you haven't seen that, you probably have, but if you haven't seen the Justin Jefferson catch, go and just Google it and watch it. It's absolutely incredible. It's basically a short field Hail Mary underthrown by Kirk not Kissing Cousins today. Today it's a reprieve and his receiver brings it in and changes the direction of the game. Congratulations to the Vikings. Tomorrow I'm going to make fun of them. it's not real, but today it 100% matters. Are you on the are you on the are you willing to switch your allegiance? You're you know I don't want to call you a bandwagon guy, but if you were the bandwagon guy would Oh, yeah, double guns. Would you go from the Cowboys to the Vikings today? If we gave you a free transfer, right? You could transfer from the, the Cowboys train to the Vikings train. Because you got back on the Cowboys train, I think, last week. Would you get on the Vikings train right now instead?
4: I would not. I think that wild ending of the fourth quarter in regulation and overtime said a lot more about Buffalo than it did Minnesota. They get the credit. They won the game. You've got to find ways to win games. I think it highlights more of what went wrong for Buffalo than what went right for Minnesota.
3: I don't want to be one to say if there were some there were some um, lackluster throws by Kirk Cousins with the game on the line. Uh, there were some some opportunities for him to throw the ball away where he got sacked. There was one really big play where he took a loss for nine or ten or eleven yards, uh, but he still got the win. Diesel, he still got it. I can't take it away from him.
4: They played well enough to win that game after all the mistakes that Buffalo made. That, if I think, to, is the
3: bigger picture. If you had to rank in order for who you'd want in a big game, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Cooper Rush. What you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm going Dak, number
4: one. Wow,
3: I'm like Cousins now. I don't mean that at all. Alright, five two one two four cbs is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Happy Monday. Thanks for being here. We're because we're fairly deep into November, so we're getting those holiday vibes. I'm going to talk uh, to Tommy here about his Thanksgiving plans. We haven't discussed, is, is he a stuffing guy? Does he go with the gravy? I love cranberries. Is he into the cranberries? I love the cranberry sauce. we got to keep that tradition alive. Uh, we're also getting into, man, Jeff Saturday, widely mocked, becomes the head coach of a Colts team that's in disarray. And the only scenario in which the shock of that could be more eye-opening would be if he won his debut against a Raiders team that is an absolute dumpster fire. That happened, but that ain't the story. The fact that it literally, I'm being literal, I'll play it for you, that it brought Derek Carr, the Vegas quarterback, to tears. It emotionally broke Derek Carr. Jeff Saturday's debut emotionally broke Derek Carr is just another reminder the NFL is amazing. but Also sometimes heartbreaking.
1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're
3: listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Long ball with diesel new segment coming soon. Uh, 855, you do a great job answering the phones, man. That was, you just, we got a bunch of calls because you were like, what's up, I'm Cell. I'm on it. 855. 855- what? Eight five five two one two four CBS. You're the man, bro, for your time and place. Okay. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh let's go to Chicago. Rich, what up, buddy? Thanks for listening. You're on CBS Sports Radio.
6: I had to give you your bears fix after this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it, if you saw the game, it was an exciting game. Maybe one of the better games of all day yesterday
3: with the Lions. Yeah, it was a, but, dude, it was it was a it was a great game. It was an yeah. dude, I, it was amazing. That just wrong outcome. Yeah, well, here's the slant
6: they have here, and I know from you having worked here, you know how it works here in this city. They're ready to put
4: uh, Fields in the Hall of Fame. And you know, believe it or not, he's now the sixth leading rusher in the NFL after yesterday
6: as a quarterback. Six.
3: Yeah, he dude, like I gotta tell you, like there there's a lot of upside. Thank you for the call to to, to Justin Fields. There there is. The problem becomes if you watch the game, you saw his brutal turnover where you just had to throw the ball away that cost Chicago the game and not as important diesel, but the cover. I know that's where your bears minus two and a half. I do like that they have finally allowed Justin Fields to be himself and to run the football and try to develop. And the thing is, I'm trying not to get too frustrated by the mistakes because you're right, he's, he's running the ball really effectively, and he's putting up amazing fantasy numbers, those of you that, that that's your concern. I'm trying to act like this is his first year because it's the first season in which he's been allowed to utilize that part of his game. Basically, I think it will. And it's it's allowed him to look more successful. He's got to lock it in on decision-making when he throws the football. He's awesome. He's moving the ball. He's making that Bears offense at times look effective, if, if not much more than that. But you cannot give games away with turnovers, but but trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And, and the, I got to tell you, like Justin Fields looks so much more impressive at times than Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins got the win, which brings us to Dalton in Topeka. Dalton, middle of the country, not far from where I'm from. What's up, buddy? You're on CBS Sports Radio.
6: Hey, Bill, man, I just wanted to comment on that catch. I can't agree with you that it's the greatest catch of all time because I'm still partial to the David Tyree helmet catch. Like, you didn't even see the ball. You just pinned it to your head. But besides that, no, with the Justin Jefferson catch, what was awesome about that was when they were going down, the defender and Justin Jefferson both had their hand on the ball and was maintaining control of the ball until they got to the ground. Then, at which point, Jefferson ripped it out of, I can't remember the defender's name, but ripped it out of his hand and then possessed the ball. If that defender would have done anything but try to hold on to that ball try to grab it himself, if he would have tried to just slap it out, that would not have been a catch. But since he didn't, it's one of the greatest catches of all time.
3: Yeah, Dalton, great call, dude. I And I'm with you. The, the helmet catch, I was at that Super Bowl, was amazing. In the context, it's incredible. I mean, they're all, they're, they're, the OBJ that one, yesterday's—they're all—they're all pretty—they're all, pretty, all pretty amazing. D.C., I'm trying really hard to not be mean to Kirk Cousins today. I have a whole view of Kirk Cousins on how I actually thought he performed at the end of, but I'm trying really hard to just write—you're a Vikings fan—you don't want to hear this today. You don't want to be oh my god, here he goes again. So I'm—I'm—it's difficult. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm struggling a little bit with it.
4: Don't you think the Vikings fans, though, know what they have in Kirk Cousins? Like, they know he didn't play. They know he didn't win that game for them. He what, did all he could to try and lose them that game.
3: I just, I, I don't under, he's on a team that is, let's say this. We, I'm with you, everything you said. He is, th- that team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And if Kirk Cousins could perform at 70% of his high level, right? his sort of like high watermark they are absolutely good enough. I just need the guy when things get when things get difficult not to transform into someone who looks and performs at a really nervous level. But you know what? We're going to move on because I I am going to I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the Vikings have it. You guys deserved it. It's a great win. Tomorrow maybe DCL, we'll, we'll get into Kirk Cousins in particular. Another guy that we by the way, I've criticized Cousins a lot, made fun of him a lot, a lot. And he deserves some credit today. Whatever the details in the margins, whatever the sack that he took and some bad throws and other things, they got that win. They got that win. That's a hell of a victory against the team that many thought was the, the best in the National Football League. And the Vikings have only lost a game this year. They're, they're playing really well. As maybe even, not even maybe, more of a shocker was the Colts playing against a Raid. Now the Raiders are now 2-7. After that loss yesterday. I get it. They're not a world beater. but The Colts were in total disarray. They brought in an ESPN analyst, Jeff Saturday, who had never coached at the college or pro level. Whose last coaching stint was a loss in high school to some random team. Can't remember who it was. They had someone calling plays who had never called plays at that level before. And... He, and give him credit, Saturday the, the the interim head coach went back to Matt Ryan to start the veteran they'd benched a few weeks ago before Frank Reich got fired. And they're playing a Raiders team for all the dysfunction, for all their difficulties, for all their disappointments, for the three, 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 seventeen three, three 17-point leads they held this year in games they eventually lost. Still coached in a guy by Josh McDaniels, who, while not hyper-effective, has coached literally as a head coach dozens of games in the National Football League in his career and was the offensive coordinator with great distinction and success with the New England Patriots. This isn't a game that you're supposed to win if you're Jeff Saturday. And and we leaned into making fun of him like everybody else did. And at the end, when it was all said and done, and it was 25-20 Indy, and the apologies, and look, I like Dan Orlovsky a lot, big fan. Not sure if I'm Dan, who's a friend of Jeff Saturday's, that I'm gonna go on on Twitter and just crow just yet that it proves Saturday's the guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It also might just prove if I were the head coach of the Colts yesterday, I also would have won the game because Josh McDaniels on the other side of the equation. But the most striking thing to me of the dysfunction with the Raiders, and I think a way in which it proves that losing to Jeff Saturday is, is actually a significant problem, that the criticism of Jeff Saturday, and it wasn't just media members, all kinds of former players, all kinds of former executives, on and off the record, had spent the two or three days leading up to that Colts-Raiders game excoriating the Colts and Saturday for that hire and that decision-making. And and so to to show how much that must have been equally felt in the Raiders' locker room, and therefore how grueling and brutal and humiliating and infuriating it was to lose that game, I present to you, now this is long, but I want you to hear it, and you're going to hear some pauses. This is Derek Carr, quarterback from the Raiders, excellent player, been through a lot of things. Think about the stuff he's been through in the last two or three years. One of his receivers having to go to prison for a an accident that killed a young woman. His head coach, John Gruden, being fired in humiliating fashion. An underperforming team in the midst of all of that. Often they may not sort of run after Gruden got fired and he's the face of it. But it's losing to Jeff Saturday's Colts that literally brings him to tears tears, he's crying, and creates the most awkward post-game press conference I've ever seen.
6: I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, oh, sorry. Continue. to finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice what we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard. Knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice. What they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like, just so we could be there for each other. <sighs> and I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. If I'm being honest.
3: I mean, I'm not one of these guys to make fun of dudes for crying. I, I, I'm not. But man. That is a bad look. Look, I I cry at movies. Cry like a baby when both my kids were born. Uh, I'll cry in airplanes. It's weird. I don't know. Up in the air, anything made me cry? I cry when detail gets sad. That one's not true. I got no, I'm not going to lean into this, you know, you cry, you're not a but dude, you're at work. You're at work. You didn't just lose the Super Bowl. Your career's not, this isn't your retirement game. And for, for me, Tom, not, I don't know where you come down on this. I like Derek Carr. I respect Derek Carr. There's obviously crazy dysfunction in that organization. He's obviously calling shots at certain guys who have the wrong attitude. To me, that is a very, very poor look for the leader of a football team crying at a post-game press conference after going to 2-7. I'm with you. It's not a good look for Derek Carr.
4: I'm usually Team Derek Carr. I like how he responds in these kinds of situations. I did not like that press conference yesterday. Um, I think it highlights the fact that they lost to Jeff Saturday. Now, you want to tell me if Frank Reich was still that head coach and that game goes exactly the same way, do I think Derek Carr is reacting that way? I don't. I don't. I I think, as you said, I think it really highlighted for the Raiders what kind of situation, how bad they are right now that they lost Lost to Jeff Saturday. That's what that press conference said to me. I'm so emotional. I'm brought to tears right now because we lost to a coach who's never been a coach before in the middle of a season. That's what that said to me.
3: Yeah, it's a humiliation. And it was a weird game. I, we're not going to go through the whole thing. Matt Ryan, who, and I don't, I don't know the exact age, but I believe he's 85, um, had a 39-yard scramble. Okay, man. Like, where's the Raiders' D It was so... The Raiders were so bad. I don't think the Colts looked that good. I'm not sure the Colts are that good. I think the Raiders are that bad. Um, Very quickly, before we move on, Jeff Saturday, the former analyst, now interim head coach of Indy, the, the gentleman with no coaching experience, has been criticized. He's been mocked. He's been derided. He has been said to be an absolute sure thing failure. And I don't know that we're out of the woods on that. L- let's see the Colts play some teams that aren't coached by Josh McDaniels before we make some 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 stark declarations. I knew it. And by the way, maybe he'll make it work. And I loved his introductory press conference where he's like, let's see, oh, maybe I'll be great, maybe I'll be terrible. All that said, as it relates to Colts Raiders and that shocking game and the fact that, that Jeff Saturday is in fact undefeated as an NFL head coach, we're going to give them the last word, right here.
1: I'm not sure there's a storybook ending any better for the first for the first game. So, a uh, heck of a win. Obviously, it's one win. We want to stack a lot of wins, but you can't start a stack until you get the first one. So, uh, really proud of the guys and, and excited about the way they played. Um, so we'll go from there. Just an incredible win. I, I told the guys, just at all three phases, was just just an incredible team effort. These guys have been through it. I told the staff, um, the coaches, the players, just the fortitude that they that they presented and and uh, the way they played today. They, they laid it all out there today, and I just could not be more appreciative of those guys and the way they played. I,
3: I got to you, I'm, I'm not sure how I felt about the play calling from. Assistant offensive quarterback, uh water gatherer, Parks and Rec, I believe is, is that his name, know? Is it is it Parks and Rec, like the TV show?
4: Uh aka Parks Fraser, yes. AKA Parks, Parks Frazier, and Rec.
3: Parks and Rec. God, I was close. <laughs> but he's a 0 oh too. I mean, all right, you know what? Scoreboard. Nice job, Colts. Nice job, Vikings. Uh, Tommy, it's I just realized, am I right on this? Next week is Thanksgiving.
4: Uh you are correct. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving.
3: Okay. So are here's here's our deal in the house, right? And you tell me, uh turkey, of course. Mashed potatoes, homemade gravy, but I gotta have the thing that I can't live without is the cranberry sauce. Gotta have and I'll, I'll throw, a little, throw a little orange in there, a little orange cranberry. Gotta have the cranberry sauce. Or and the stuffing. Absolutely. So, oh great caserta. Getting in there, Greg. Are you? Will you? I'll put Greg. I'll put the cranberry sauce right on my turkey. Just lathered on there too. So
2: I love cranberry sauce because my dad makes it every year, and he makes his both like you said, a little orange, yeah, some shallot, and Maker's really? Mark.
3: Oh my God! Is your dad want to be my best friend, dude?
2: It's so, out of this I'm coming world. Coming over. Like I'll just eat it cold out of the fridge the next day. It's that good.
3: I love. I mean, Thanksgiving food for days. Diesel's making a face though. Do you do like McDonald's instead? Is that the like? What's the tradition? What are you doing on Thanksgiving?
4: I can't do the cranberry sauce. The consistency weirds me out too much. (laughs) I can't do it. I don't even like when it's like on my end of the Thanksgiving dinner table. Like I like when it's far, far away. I can't even see it. So you're—it's not a
3: taste thing. You don't like the consistency.
4: It's both. I have tried it. I know. I know a lot of times uh, on the show, I tell you things I don't like that I've never tried. I have tried cranberry sauce. The taste I don't like. The consistency is super weird for me. Will
3: you eat like Will you eat? You'll eat yogurt or pudding.
4: Uh, I'm a pudding guy, not a yogurt guy.
3: And then no well, Jello, if
2: I had to guess. Yep, absolutely yep. no mm-hmm. Jello.
3: You won't eat Jello. I mean, I actually find Jello pretty, tasty, but I just think Jello tastes gross. Like Jello doesn't taste good. It's the consistency for me. It's too weird.
4: It's not a liquid. It's not a solid. What is it?
2: Can, can we get j- a Can we get a dozen oysters in here for this kid? <gasps> so yeah, we yeah eat oysters. A- you I, like oysters? I do. Clams, oysters, oh. all of it. See now, that's weird to me because yeah, I love weird. oysters, but most people I know that don't. They always say it's just the consistency.
3: I love oysters too.
2: Yeah. What's
3: you, so you just the oysters? You're not you're not chewing the oysters. You're, oh you're, right, it's no it's no, going no. straight down. Yep, straight down. Absolutely, the taste of the sea. Yep. All right, that's my guy. Are stuffing? Are you get a little stuffing,
4: Tommy? Stuffing, and I think number one for me, if we're talking side dishes here, is a uh, green bean casserole. Big fan of that. See, I find that's gross, I think is the word <laughs> I'm looking for. You know, I really love how me and you are always on the same page about <laughs> everything. We're just lockstep. The gr- Do you like
3: green beans? Is that a thing I you do? like? yeah, absolutely. I like green beans, too, but the casserole, feel, you know what it feels like? It feels like they found some breadcrumbs or some sauce that was old, and they threw it, like, all right, no one wants this, nobody wants green beans, we'll put it together and bake it, we'll bake out the, the you can't tell, and with two birds, it feels like a two birds with one stone
2: dish. I'm here for it. Give me both birds and the stone. I will be honest. I could do without turkey. I'd rather have a ham on Thanksgiving. Whoa, great concerter. That is a fail, bro. Wow. I really? love turkey. Don't get me wrong. It's just not my favorite. I'd prefer to have ham.
3: You know what? I, I, I'm going to take back the criticism. My dad was in the meatpacking business and sold uh, pork forever. I went to college on thanks to pork. So God bless you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your support of the of the ham. <laughs>
2: Thank you for your uh, service. <laughs>
3: All right, so so I'm going to have a little—you know what? I'm going to have some green bean casserole for you, D-Cell. I'm sure we'll have it on the table. But you have to have a little cranberry—you have to have just one little thing of turkey and, like, a little cranberry sauce to try it out. I'll try it. We'll do a little food swap. Maybe. All right. Um, the Packers beat the Cowboys yesterday, and Aaron Rodgers was humble and clear. Or the opposite on both fronts. Either way, we're going to find out after we get a CBS Sports Radio update— You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood 1NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, holiday Triple Headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwood via Westwood 1 Station Streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood 1 Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone fixed-finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky. Check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply, get on the zone. Auto zone. Man, the loon manding was something. Alright, eight five five two one two four C B S is the phone number. Here on the program if you want to call us, as Dalton and Toledo and Rich in Chicago did. D Cell, the executive producer, is awesome at answering the phones. Just want you to know that, because you feel I feel like maybe I'm sensing some oper- sarcasm. No, I'm not. You played a rejoin where you're like, Oh, you guys don't like my phone answering skills. Love your phone answering skills. Addressing the misapprehension under which you have been working, my friend. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So uh big little revenge game yesterday. Packers, Cowboys. Mike McCarthy goes back to the place where he had so much success. The Packers I think it's fair to say, under-duress this season, really underperforming all this angst with Aaron Rodgers. A really close game, end of the game. It was, what, fourth and three from the Green Bay 35-yard line, and Mr. McCarthy, the Cowboys' head coach, decided to, and I understand it, pass on a 53-yard field goal attempt. It was into the wind. Instead, they went with Dak Prescott trying to complete a pass. He did not do that. I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy, as it relates to my belief in his ability to succeed under those kind of moments, that kind of pressure. A few plays later, six plays l- later, Cowboys lose to the Packers 31-28 because that's a really, really strong division the NFC East. That drops the Cowboys. Are they third? Is that right? Number three in the old division. And the Packers are trying to have a little bit of life. Now, I just want to throw a stat at And Tom. I'm not making the case. All right, let me just give you this stat. I'll give you my point. This season, this season for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott is 2-2. Two two. He's thrown six touchdown passes. He's thrown four picks. He's completed 61% of his passes. All right. Cooper Rush, his backup, has played one more game. He's 4-1. He's only got five touchdown passes and three picks and only completed... 55% of his passes. It's not like he's setting the world on fire. My point is not that I think Cooper Rush should start for the Cowboys. My point is that Dak Prescott isn't that much better than Cooper Rush this season. That's the point. I, I know they paid him all the money. I know he's got talent. I understand that when you watch him play over the course of a game like with Kirk Cousins... You see a real reason for optimism, but more so than Tony Romo. If I can do a little CBS on CBS crime, I think Tony Romo seems like a nice man. I think he lives near me, actually. I see him sometimes at restaurants. Or he just eats at the same restaurant when he's in L.A. I don't know. And he's a great broadcaster, and he is psychic somehow, and that's pretty, pretty cool. Tony Romo was not able, often, to win big games with the Cowboys. He, unfortunately, didn't have the postseason success that he wanted in his career. I would take Tony Romo over Dak Prescott in big moments. And I am not a big Tony Romo in big moments guy. I just... Nice job by, by, by the Packers. I'm not sure... I'm not sure if that says more about Green Bay. It was a nice comeback. Or more about the fact that the Cowboys always do this. Now, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is saying here. I actually am not sure what he's talking about. But Aaron Rodgers... I think, was discussing you got to be better individually, mentally. I don't know. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the win.
6: A lot of the battles that we face are between eye and eye, between the person that can go out there and dominate and knows that they can and the little voice in your head that tries to knock you off of that uh, confident perch you're
3: on. Between I and eye. Is he missing the second eye? Does he have the second eye? The guy that will knock you off your second perch. You think he's got that? Or is he referring to his teammates? Who don't have enough self confidence?
4: Uh, who's on first?
3: <laughs> um, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear angry? Do you want to hear flabbergasted and frustrated? The old F and F's. Uh, Mike McCarthy. D-Cell? Here he is.
6: I'm very frustrated with the ending of the game. Obviously, you know. Um... <laughs> I think just the biggest thing for us is we need to go out here and just learn from these games. I love these kind of games. And it's not exactly what I told these games. You need these tight games to get to where you want to go. So um and I thought we were in total control that in then over time, you know, obviously the penalties and the things uh very, very, very frustrating.
3: He's frustrated. He's flabbergasted. He's had frustrated twice. It's a really good win for the Packers. And and Aaron Rodgers looked really, really impressive. At the end of the game. Again, at the risk of being negative to the team that won, Cell, if Aaron Rodgers can perform at that level with the receivers that he has, against, by the way, a really good Cowboys defense, to me, it showcases that it's the quarterback that can make the receivers. Really, it's the quarterback that can make the offense, not the other way around. It's a really good win. It's an impressive win. I still think the Packers have a chance to turn it around. I think it's unlikely, but possible. I've just never bite into the narrative that Aaron Rodgers has been set up to fail and it's the fall of the front office. No, like, you're Aaron Rodgers. Go out there and win football games. And, and to his credit, he absolutely did it. Again, I have a take on the Cowboys and the Vikings. I'm just not going to do it today because I'm going to be... It's, it's a positive Vikings day, Tom. We'll do it tomorrow.
4: I really want to lean into something you said. I think it's... I'm with you. It's the low-hanging fruit to say the Cowboys are a better team with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. That's not true. I don't buy into that, neither do you. No. But but what about the style that the Cowboys play when Cooper Rush was their quarterback? Dak Prescott threw the ball 46 times yesterday. That's a lot. Maybe, maybe Dallas would be better off if Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore went back to that style when Cooper Rush was their quarterback of, hey, we're not going to put him in a situation where he can make mistakes. Let's run the ball, and let's play sound defense. That's the way that Dallas maybe should go back to playing.
3: I don't think Dak Prescott's a superstar. And to your point, I think that's right. I, I went to another place, and I know we're almost out of time. When I heard Derek Carr crying in that press conference, I thought, how many places could you just magically put Derek Carr and that team would be vastly improved? And Dallas is one of the – you put Derek Carr – on that Cowboys team, and I think they're markedly better. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And and you're right. like A little more balance in the offense would be appropriate. And You have a five-game roadmap for how you did that, as you said, with Cooper Rush. Dak's better than Cooper. But he's not, insert top-seven quarterback. He's not. All right, you know, that's my take. Let's get Joe Theismann's. I want to hear what Joe thinks about Derek Carr crying. I want to get his perspective on Kirk Cousins. All that coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio.